The Montreal Canadiens select. The Montreal Canadiens are proud to select. Jesperi Kotkanemi. Ryan Paling. Cole Caulfield. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of History in the Making, the official podcast of the Montreal Canadiens, focused on the future of the most storied franchise in pro sports. History in the Making is brought to you by Tricolor Spa, Montreal's official team store. From lifestyle brands to jerseys and beyond, I'm talking all those jerseys. You want a Jeff Petrie jersey right now because he's one of the hottest defensemen in, in the NHL. That's where you go. TricolorSpa.com has everything for you. Use the coupon code HISTORYCH10 at checkout. Receive 10% off your Jeff Petrie jersey. Or you can go to Foley. I mean, he, he's pretty good too. Visit TricolorSpa.com today. We're going to be joined by a the newest member of the Montreal Canadiens, actually. Um, former Team Canada manager, OHL, CIS, e- ECHL defenseman, Ben Shutran. Um, he is the newest Canadian scout, so he'll be taking care of the amateur scouting in the western side of the country. So, big country, you need a lot of scouts. Ben gives us a lot of insight about how he joined the team. Caden Gooley, um, he speaks about the values of Team Canada, which kind of mesh really well with the values of, uh, you know, every uh, of a Jeff Molson owned company. So he also worked for a few others. I'm not going to give away all the secrets here, but it's a pretty interesting um, interview because Ben is a really smart guy. Um, he's open to learning. So it's exactly the kind of guy that you want on your, uh, your scouting staff. First off, though, as per usual, we're going to do a quick oversight of all the prospects well not all the prospects because we've got to keep some and right now mostly we're going to be focusing on american prospects so the ones that are playing so first round pick cole caulfield stop scoring no 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 wait he never stops scoring because that's all he does i mean he's up to what is it let me see here 10 goals 11 assists i mean come on he's doing quite good he's way over a point per game i think it's in 16 games so what's impressing me with cole caulfield yeah it's impressive that he scores a goal every game. Like, uh, you know, like it's, actually I'm almost getting bored of him scoring so many goals, but what I really love is his uh, complete game. He's playing that defensive game. Um, that'll make that transition to the NHL much easier. So defensive re- response, uh, defensively responsible hockey leads to offensive chances. And that's what Cole Caulfield's doing. So it's not just offense. This guy is turning into a complete player, um, studies the game closely and, and have fans have a good reason to be excited. Staying in Wisconsin, let's talk about Jack Gorniak real quick. Um, he's up to, uh, what is it? Four goals, five assists in 14 games. So keep in mind, this is a guy that he finished with seven points in 28 games last year. Very encouraging on his part. Um, we're not going to praise Jordan Harris or Jaden Struble on this podcast. We're going to keep it for the next one, but they're still doing really well. And finally, Luke Tuck, he started his NCAA career. So he was a second round pick this year. Um, you'll probably recognize his name. Alex, his brother, Alex plays for the Knights, I believe. And uh, he started with Boston University. So in six games, two goals, three assists, five points in six games. Ridiculous pace for a, uh, for a freshman. We're going to have to keep an eye on him. I, I don't think... That's the kind of pace he can keep up. I mean, I hope he does, but even if he doesn't, I'm seeing a guy that's aggressive on the forecheck. He's creating chances with his body, good speed. And uh, so far he's been just driving the play for Boston University. Very aggressive, good playmaking. And that's what I love seeing from obviously guys, second round picks. He's going to be given plenty of opportunities to develop at Boston University, but um, so far so good. That's a heck of a way to start your NCAA career. Moving on. We're going to go to some questions here. 
We're going to jump right into the mailbag. Johnny Simard, 24, asks, what do you think of the recent Habs seventh round pick Raphael Harvey-Pinard and Brett Stapley? Could they be found money? Um, I, I'm always, I, I don't want to hype guys up too much, but the Canadians have a pattern. And this goes, this is the Trevor Timmons method, right? It goes well beyond just Caden Primo and, and Jake Evans. You can go down to Rafael Diaz and Yaroslav um, Halak. You know, he was, he was picking guys that made NHL careers in the ninth round. So this is the Timmons special. I wouldn't be surprised if RHP and Brett, Brett Stapley end up being NHLers. Now, on that note, it's quite rare. Like the Canadians are already batting way above average. So I don't want to hype them up too much, but there's a lot, there's, there's potential there. Um, Harvey Pinard is currently at Laval rocket camp. And from who I, uh, the people I spoke to told me he had a very impressive first scrimmage. It's early. It's, you know, we're going to have to give him time, but um, all signs point to Harvey Pinard being an important part of the Laval rocket this year. Brett Stapley is going to need a little more time, but so far um, from what I'm told, Obviously, he's going to have to pick it up a little bit offensively, but uh, there's potential there as well. So that's the Trevor Timmons. Yeah, found money, but not really. There's a lot of work put into this. Uh, you should see the list that these guys have. They don't show me, but I assume it's very, very long. Um, Ralph Segreto asks, Mark, can they be real contenders without an elite defenseman? Mm, I have an issue with, uh, with you saying that, but we'll get back to it as well. Benjamin has gone all in, having a team with no weak spots but also a few, but very few top guys in their, in the, you know, um, top 10 guys at the position. So I get what you're saying, Ralph. Um, but here's where I disagree. There is an elite defenseman on here and I don't want to throw daggers at anyone else, but I do truly believe that Jeff Petrie is among the top 10 best defensemen in the NHL. Right now, I think he's among the top three best defensemen in the NHL. Um, he's so incredibly clutch. He produces offense at a ridiculous rate. He's very defensively responsible. Every guy he plays with plays better. It's called the Petrie effect. So I think they do have one. And then you talk about like the other guys are no slouches either. You have Shea Weber that's there as well. Um, Romanov is actually playing really well. Brett Kulak really doesn't get enough respect in the NHL. He should be known as one of the best um, complimentary guys in the NHL. He's very, very good. So Joel Edmondson's fitting in well. Um, and then you have obviously Ben Sherratt, nice physical presence. And you have some good guys ready to come in there. So um Maybe not like a Norris winner, although again, Jeff Petrie should be considered for a Norris, but I really like this defensive squad, especially the depth. And when you say no top 10 guys, again, I kind of disagree there because Brendan Gallagher is the best guy in the league for creating shots, for creating chances, for scoring goals, for, you know what I mean? So obviously he doesn't score a ton of the power play. Maybe that'll change this year. But um, I think when you actually look at the numbers and you kind of throw away the preconceived notions, you're going to see some top 10 guys there. For example, like Philippe Dano finished, in my opinion, when you consider both ends of the ice as one of the top 10 defensemen last year. Nick Suzuki has the potential to be a top five guy in this league at his position. So, I mean, he's already, in my opinion, a first-line center, but that extends to the first 31. So, um, I get what you're saying. Maybe there's no, like, uh, Sidney Crosby on the roster, but I do like the balance here because that means it's tougher to game plan against. Coaches can't just circle one guy and say, stop him. The Canadians roll all four lines and there's a very small gap between their top line and their bottom line. So I love it. I love the, the, the roster composition and that's a Claude Julien team. Run all your lines. So get what you're saying. Disagree with that. Jeff Petrie should uh, put some respect on Jeff Petrie's name. But um, I actually like their strategy and the roster this year. And finally, uh, JP Michaud asks, what are your thoughts on officiating during the last couple of games? Okay. I think, and I know this is going to get me in trouble, but I think refs do a pretty darn good job and they're never out to get your team. Now they make mistakes and it can often seem like they're out to get you, 
but they really aren't. Uh, I feel like when they have an off night, they have an off night for everybody. When you look, when you don't think they're being nice to the Habs, you look at the Twitter from feed from other fans that they're playing against and they think it's the exact, exact same thing, right? So you always feel like you're being targeted, but no, no, no. Refs don't have it out for, uh, for Montreal. It all evens out by the end of the year. Yeah, right now it doesn't look good because um, there's been some ticky-tacky calls. But if you ask Claude Genet, he won't tell you it's the officiating that's the issue right now. He'll tell you it's his players taking penalties. So forget the officiating, tighten up the, the discipline, and um, no, the refs aren't out to get you. I know it feels that way sometimes. If you have any questions about the future of the franchise, particularly the prospects, tweet them to the Montreal Canadiens account using the hashtag Mark's Mailbag. Um, and I will answer your question on the podcast. Also, if you throw me any, if there's any pandering tweets about like just how much you love the podcast, I will read those too, because I love to hear myself get complimented. Did you know the Canadians will be wearing their new reverse retro jerseys for select games this year? They are the blue ones. They are gorgeous. And I know you want to get your hands on one of them. You can go to takealousball.com right now. Um, that's where they are selling the jerseys. You'll see them on the ice. Once you see them up close, gorgeous jerseys. I want one. I know you want one. Cutoffball.com is where you get them. We're speaking with the newest member of the Montreal Canadiens, former Team Canada manager, CIS, and Memorial Cup champion, uh, and now the Canadiens Western Amateur Scout, Ben Shutron. Thanks for joining the show. Uh, my pleasure, Mark. Thank you for having me and uh, looking forward to it. Thank you very much. So we're going to start this off. We spoke a little bit before we got recording, but you're an Orleans native, right? I am. I am. That's correct. Uh, born and raised in Orleans. I am also an Orleans native. So I have to ask you this question. I mean, looking at you, you might not have an answer for this, but I definitely have an answer for this. Have you ever tried the poutine truck called Frito Mania on St. Joseph Boulevard? Oui, j'avais essayé. I've, I've tried it and uh, I can still remember. I was very young when I tried it, but uh, that's how good it is if I still remember it now. And uh, I miss it for sure. See, that's why, that's how we know you're meant for the Canadians organization. You have puts in memory, you know, that's, that's a, it's a key skill to have here. So, all right. Um, Ottawa split between Habs fans, Leafs fans and Sens fans. Who are you a fan of when you were growing up? Well, I mean, uh, I guess I had, uh, I guess allegiances everywhere. I mean, uh, I grew up with the Ottawa senators. Um, mm -hmm. you know, when they came into the league, I was a very young, uh, Young boys, about six years old. So uh, I uh, basically grew up with that team. Uh, my <laughs> uncle, uh, yeah, absolutely, I know, but let, let me, I'll keep going here. My uncle actually worked uh, what, what was then uh, called the Corral Center. Uh, he was a manager of engineering, and then he took a position at the Air Canada Center when that opened up. So our whole family uh, was a bit of Senators, a bit of Leafs. And then on my father's side, um, um, his whole side of the family grew up in Fort Collunge, uh, Quebec. And, uh, you know, th so they all grew up, um, fans of Montreal Canadian. So, um, you know, everything was sprinkled around all those three teams, obviously with Ottawa being a little bit central, um, you know, but uh, I know my father, his favorite player is Yvonne Cornway. And, uh, but for myself, I, uh, I grew up the majority of my life, uh, a Sens fan. Yeah. And we're really sorry to hear that, but now you're, you're obviously in the right spot now. And that, that was normal in Ottawa, right? It was, people were split allegiances were split and a lot of TVs were bought because uh, people need to watch at a different time. But I'm going to ask you this, how did this job come to fruition with the Canadians? Obviously you worked with uh, hockey Canada and we're going to get into that in depth a little bit later, but how did this arrangement uh, with the Canadians to become their Western scout? How did it come about? 
Uh, you know what, Mark? Uh, very good question. I think it was, um, you know, something that was was happening a little bit behind the scenes, but uh, and something you know, obviously invested in uh, for a number of years. But uh, I'll be honest, um, the opportunity really started 2016. Uh, you know, at the NHL draft, I had worked uh, very closely with Ryan Jankowski, uh, who I believe is also a former Montreal Canadian scout, and uh, we were at the NHL draft that year, and it was on day two, and we. We had stayed and we were watching, um, you know, rounds two through seven. And, you know, I just, I asked uh, Ryan, you know, if it'd be possible to potentially, you know, get into scouting, help him around Calgary, uh, watch some of our uh, national team prospects as it came through uh, Alberta and uh, asked if that potentially be an opportunity. So uh, Ryan was very great with me. Um, he approached Scott Salmond, uh, uh, our vice president of national teams at the time and now senior vice president of national teams. And, uh, those two gentlemen both said yes and gave me the opportunity. So uh, to be honest, that's where I started with, without those two gentlemen. Uh, you know, I likely would not be sitting here speaking with you today. And uh, so I, I had that opportunity and, um, you know, I did that for about two years, um, you know, along the way, uh, traveling up to, to Edmonton or spending time in Red Deer, Lethbridge, Medicine Hat, um, you know, and, and Brooks and some of the other uh, arenas in the AGHL and WHL. Um, you know, then you, you start to meet people in the arena and, um, you know, Ryan Jankowski had moved on to the Buffalo Sabres at the time and Brad McEwen was then hired as our head scout at, at Hockey Canada. And then uh, I continued to help Brad uh, once he came on for another year. So, you know, fast forward going through the U18 uh, World Championship, you know, you build relationships, um, you know, the gentleman like Ken Morang, who has since moved on to the Florida Panthers and then you know, then you meet uh, Trevor Timmons, but knowing Trevor, he's uh, he's an Ottawa boy. And uh, uh, it was funny. I got back from the under 18 world championships uh, one year and it just came to be that I was back in Orleans and visiting my family. And Trevor asked if we could uh, if we could meet and, and just have a coffee and, you know, discuss uh, the under 18 experience and some of our players. And uh, that's basically where it started. So uh, after that meeting, uh, he had asked me to put some reports together. Um, on some of the players in uh, the Western Hockey League uh, that I had seen and known well. Uh, I passed those on to him. And then uh, I actually came on with the Canadians on a part-time basis uh, in a part-time role while I worked uh, at Hockey Canada. So uh, technically, I know I'm starting uh, full-time now in uh, my first season, but this is technically, uh, you know, I guess year three for myself uh, with the Canadians as a, as a part-time amateur scout and now becoming a full-time amateur scout. Uh, in the West. So, um, you know, I, I honestly, I can't say uh, enough about the opportunity that's been given to me by Hockey Canada uh, and the people there. It's been uh, a tremendous place to grow and learn. And, you know, I'm forever indebted to them. And to be honest, I wouldn't be sitting here uh, speaking with you if, um, you know, they didn't provide me with those opportunities to learn and to grow. And same thing with the Montreal Canadiens and the and the opportunities that uh, Trevor afforded to me as well. So, it's, uh, it's been a bit of a journey, um, you know, obviously a bit of a work in progress, but uh, here we are today. <laughs> so you got scouted by the scouts to become a scout. Is that, <laughs> I guess that's so. essentially I guess what happened so. there. Okay. Yes. Yes. What does it mean to be a team manager? Because I'm not going to lie to you. I see that. And I kind of think my mind goes to equipment manager, but I'm wrong here. Right. So what is it? You were the team manager at the Spengler cup. Um, and at the World Juniors. What does that mean exactly to be a team manager for Hockey Canada? Well, you know what? Uh, it, it means a lot. It means a lot of different things. And I think, uh, you know, the best way to describe the role is is you basically have your hands in everything. And, you know, I know um, working with our staff here and with Scott Salmon, you know, our job at Hockey Canada is ultimately uh, to set up 
uh, all of our participants, uh, all of our stakeholders for success and ultimately let the managers manage the coaches coach, the players play and the support staff support. But with that being said, you know, in the role of, of team manager, if you're a coordinator, if you're a vice president, you're a, you're a director, you're, you're basically, you have your hands in everything and you're helping everyone. So uh, I would say the role for myself, uh, I really started off as uh, being primarily team services based and logistics based. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously I had an interest in the scouting side and the hockey side and it, and it just sort of grew internally from there. But uh, over the years, you gain more experience, you work with great people. And once they get to know you, they, uh, they tend to open up some doors for you and give you some opportunities uh, to help you grow and learn. And, and that's exactly what uh, happened for me at Hockey Canada. I mean, um, having the opportunity to work with a gentleman uh, such as Alan Miller, who's the general manager, Moose John was a um, you know, manager group member at the recent World Juniors. And, you know, we did a couple of U18s together and he was great for me. Um, Ron Francis was another gentleman that uh, I worked with on, on the Spengler Cup and then the Men's World Championship. Um, you know, and now he's the general manager of Seattle Crack and Jason Botterill as well. He was a part of that group. And, and Sean Burke, who's, who's also a pro scout uh, with the Canadians and a goaltending consultant. And I worked with Sean uh, on a couple of events and, and a couple of Spengler Cups. So the role is primarily team services, logistics based, but it, it actually has you know, a, a very strong and a very prominent uh, hockey component to it as well. You know, uh, primarily maybe a complementary support role, but it's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's very cumbersome and it's a great role. It, it, yeah, so you're doing a lot of work and you're helping everyone out. It sounds a lot like my boss, especially when I bother close to midnight with random texts there about my work the next day. I'm sure you have to deal with a lot of that, which brings us perfectly to our next point. You're already answering some of the questions I had lined up for you. So it shows the foresight here and I love that. Um, Working at Hockey Canada means you're surrounded by legends, right? What did you learn? What stuck with you the most? And what was the most valuable lesson? Did anyone take you aside? Is it more of a, you know, take a little bit from every every pile and make your own way through it? Or like, what were the lessons that you learned uh, working with uh, Hockey Canada? Yeah, and I think that's a tremendous question mark. Uh, question mark. I think, um, you know, obviously there are many uh, lessons learned and many invaluable lessons. And you know, I'll never forget the first thing that Scott Salmon told me um, when he hired me is just make sure that, you know, you're the hardest worker, you know, that you work as hard as you can and that you're the hardest worker in the room. And, you know, I know um, on the national team side in our department, you know, there's it's it's much like the National Hockey League. You're, you're working, um, you know, long hours. You're going above and beyond uh, the job description. You're doing whatever it takes to win gold medals, but not only that, to uh, provide world class hockey experience for all your participants. So. Uh, that would be lesson number one. And then lesson number two is probably, um, you know, just treat people how you wish to be treated and uh, and like treat that. everybody with respect. So, uh, you know, obviously those lessons you learn over time and, um, you know, when, when you're very competitive and very driven, you know, there's some ups and downs. But um, I know the one thing I learned from Scott is just the way you treat people, you know, they'll never forget it. And, and I believe that's what makes uh, Hockey Canada so special. So, uh, and that, you know, for myself, um, when I say it's difficult to leave that position, it definitely is because uh, it's mm-hmm. a world-class organization with tremendous people. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always a pleasure to uh, chase gold medals. But um, uh, for myself, there's a lot of parallels between Hockey Canada and the Montreal Canadiens. And, you know, that's, uh, I'm looking forward to that transition as well. But I would say um, uh, work ethic and then uh, character and how you treat people and, and making sure everyone has a positive uh, experience. Those are probably the, the greatest lessons that I learned. So it's more than hockey, right? I mean, we talk about 
the Hockey Canada mindset. We hear the program of excellence. Uh, obviously, that's produced some some ridiculously talented players, but that mentality, that whole Hockey Canada mentality goes well beyond when you're on the ice competing for medals, right? Like you guys are essentially trying to set these guys, these young men up for life beyond hockey. Is that, would that be fair to say? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, if you take somebody like myself, you know, I came through the program of excellence and I started at the under 17 level. I played under 17s then moved on to the under 18 level and then was a part of a national junior team summer camp as a player. And, you know, um, when I was going through that experience, you know, you meet people like Scott Salmon, uh, who's in a similar role as mine uh, at the time, and, and Ron Payette, who uh, has now moved on to scout. And I believe he, he got to start scouting with the Montreal Canadiens as well. And, you know, so you go through that cycle and then, um, you know, you, you start to think like, hey, this would be something I would love to do one day if hockey doesn't work out. So in terms of that, um, you know, treating people the right way, treating them with respect and making sure they have a great experience. You know, it's ultimately uh, probably the biggest part of it. And, um, you know, going through that, I realized that that was something that I wanted to do. And I think in terms of the players, you're right. I mean, um, we always say that you're going to be a person a lot longer than you're a hockey player. So I, think, I love that, you know, the lessons that we can impart um, onto the players and the athletes that come through our program, uh, they're invaluable. And, you know, the athletes in the program of excellence, uh, like this past world junior group, the 2001 borns, uh, and the 2002s, I mean, the 2001s primarily, you know, we've had them since they were 16 and now they're growing and now they're moving on to, um, you know, the National Hockey League and they've all gone through the draft. And it's it's pretty interesting to see them grow uh, throughout the years, but it's it's even better to help them out as people, um, you know, uh, just as well as helping them out as hockey players. So it's it's a great experience for sure. I really like that line uh, that you're going to be, you know, a person a lot longer than you're going to be a hockey player. But let's talk about being a hockey player for a long time. You were in a bubble. Were you in the bubble, first of all, in Edmonton? Were you part of the Like, actually, I mean, I know that you had to organize the logistics, but I don't know who got let in and whatnot. I assume you were there, right? Yes, I was. For the entire time? Correct. How many yeah. days was that? I believe the total was uh, 53 days. Because you got there before the players probably, right? Knowing uh, what you had to do? Yes, yeah, slightly before. So slightly two months before. in a bubble. Essentially, correct. Okay. I mean, that was a very impressive group of young men there. But how do you keep the peace for two months? That's a lot <laughs> of time. I mean, and also, what did you take from it? I'm sure it didn't all go perfectly. I'm sure there's some things you can improve. There's some stuff you learned. How did the how did the young men deal with it? I hate using the term kids because they're young men at this point, but also they're kind of kids. So how did you guys deal with that whole quarantine situation? Two months in a bubble is a very long time. Yeah, you know what, Mark? I think another great question. I mean, um, first of all, I think the passion of our group, the relationships that we had, the friendships that we had, like I said, we worked with the majority of these, of these athletes, the support staff, the coaching staff, the management group through the under 17 program, the under 18 program, and then the U20 program. And so I think those relationships and friendships really helped us get off uh, on the right foot. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, I think for us, it, it was really a team effort. I mean, somebody like Brendan Baxendall, coordinator of national teams, and then uh, Tyler Dietrich as well, assistant coach, Scott Salmon, our senior vice president was there the entire time and away from his family. Chelsea Stewart, coordinator of national teams, was helping us manage the uh, COVID-19 protocols and testing. And, you know, it was incredibly cumbersome. And then, you know, you factor in the fact that the athletes and all the staff had to go into a quarantine for 14 days in hotel rooms in the middle of camp. 
you know, there are a lot of challenges and there was a lot of adversity, you know, and, and I know mm-hmm. the general public's aware of that, but I think until you're actually inside the bubble and you're in a day to day and you can't go outside technically, you know, other than uh, getting off the bus, going into the arena in Red Deer, um, then in Edmonton, we weren't outside at all. It's, it's a long haul. And, uh, you know, I can't say enough about the job that the management group did, the coaching staff led by Andre Turingi, uh, supported by Mitch Love, Michael Dick, Jason LaBarbera, uh, James Emery, they did an incredible job to keep the players engaged. And I will say about Andre, it didn't matter what adversity that we faced or what hurdles that came uh, our way or his way as the head coach. Mm-hmm. He just took it, accepted it, got over the hurdle, moved on. And uh, and he just he just kept his eyes facing forward. And I know that the entire group read off of that, all the staff, all the athletes. And uh, that's why we were able to uh, have a successful turn as as you're able to have. But honestly, in terms of, any perceived animosity or any of that, I think, you know, there really was none. And, you know, I've, I've said to a number of people, it it wasn't like you're waiting to get out of the bubble. You know, everybody loved being in the bubble and, and that probably points to the job the events crew did as well. And uh, to make everybody feel comfortable and anytime you're around a Canadian environment in a Canadian Jersey and, and uh, competing for a gold medal, it's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, our group thoroughly enjoyed it it's always interesting to hear the behind the scenes because everything ran smoothly. So we just assumed, you know, it's kind of the duck situation, right? Looked cool and calm on top, but paddling like hell underneath. Now you dealt with a very impressive young man. I've had a chance to speak to him and he confirmed your, your, your your not theory, but your uh, statement about no animosity, Caden Gooley. I'd like for you to give me your impressions on him. Um, Honest impressions, if you can. I was, and and I'll be perfectly honest here, Ben. He impressed me in the sense that maybe my expectations were a little too low. I was expecting a stay-at-home guy. Um, I heard about his offense. I only got to watch maybe 12 times. So, you know, I wasn't an expert on him, uh, but he really impressed me at the World Juniors. I thought he was aggressive, good timing, um, and especially he's he's still very young. He might have the body of a full-grown man. You know, he's still an 18-year-old. So um, what were your impressions of Caden Gooley at the World Juniors? Well, my impressions of Caden were, um, again, I just, they're nothing short of exceptional. And, um, you know, obviously I've been fortunate enough to follow Caden through the under 17 program, through the under 18 program. And then, you know, this past experience at the under 20 uh, level with the under 20 program. And, uh, you know, I think the one, the first thing that stands out to me about Caden is he's an incredible person. And I think, uh, you know, I think the, the fans of the Montreal Canadiens and the entire organization has seen that and, and seen his maturity and, and has realized that his maturity is beyond his years. And, um, you know, having met Caden uh, the first time and actually seeing him the first time playing in, um, you know, the WHL Cup here at the under-16 level uh, for Team Alberta, it was, it was not only his maturity, but it was his professionalism. And if you followed him through his junior hockey career and you get to know him off the ice, he, he does everything right. He's prepared. He, he goes through the right routines. He takes care of his body. And he, he's honestly the, the true professional. And the best part is he's only 18 years old. Right? So uh, what's, what that has said, um, you know, not only to myself, but I believe our entire staff and the entire organization, uh, you know, not only with, um, with the Montreal Canadiens, but with Hockey Canada has realized as well over the years is that, you know, Caden's going to do whatever it takes to get better. And he's still growing. He's, he's still improving as a player. He's extremely coachable. Uh, he's very low maintenance, if any maintenance, and uh, he's just a tremendous person that you love to have in your locker room and love to have uh, as a part of your organization. So uh, it's been a pleasure to get to know Caden. Um, I know when we were able to select him on draft day, I mean, uh, 
you know, we, we were, uh, we were fist pumping and we were jumping for joy behind the scenes because, uh, we know his potential, we know what he's capable of and, and we know he's only going to get better. But, uh, in terms of the hockey side with Caden, he's, uh, I mean, he, he, what you see is what you get. He's a true pro. He's an incredible skater, a great athlete, his lower body power, uh, skating stride, his glide, his posterior chain, um, his strength, his competitiveness, his bite. And, and I, I do believe that there's um, some untapped offensive potential. And I believe our entire group uh, believes that as well. And he's only going to continue to grow that side of his game. So uh, he, he's an incredible player, but more importantly, he's an incredible person. And uh, we all believe he's going to fit in tremendously to uh, the Montreal Canadiens organization. I've had a chance to speak to some of his coaches and some of his opponents. And that's the first thing that comes to mind. They say, yeah, professional, really good player, but geez, this is a good young man. Now that brings us into our next point. Let's talk about scouting a little bit here. Um, what do you look for? First of all, like, like, how do you start scouting? You know, explain it to us, us people that sit on the couch and say, yeah, he's a good player when he's already in the NHL. It doesn't, you know, we're way past that point. How do you find that needle in the haystack when the haystack keeps moving and the farmer keeps moving, you know, like adding more hay and then it goes away for a couple of years. And then, you know, how does scouting work? Where do you start step one? Yeah, well, again, great question, Mark. And uh, I guess the first thing I'll say is, is I truly believe that every time you go to the arena, uh, you learn something. You learn mm -hmm. something either about a player that you know or a player that you didn't know, or you pick up some sort of information uh, either from uh, someone else who's around the rink or, or just from watching the game. But uh, so I think step one is, um, you know, obviously getting to the arena. Um, I mean, you've heard the stories in terms of the travel and what scouts have to go through, but Lots I truly coffee. believe... Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And, you know, when you're driving through, uh, you know, the different provinces across Canada or areas of the United States in the yeah. winter, it, it can be tough, right? I call so, them moose roads. There's where the deer and the moose uh, reside. Those are those <laughs> dark roads at night when you're driving to get to some some small arena, right? There's a lot of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to keep your head on a swivel and uh, uh, make sure you're staying awake. But uh, no, so that, that's the first part of it is you have to have the work ethic, the drive, and you have to get, get to the arena because you're going to learn something no matter what. Uh, you know, obviously with scouting every year uh, with the Canadians, you know, we scout two years out. So we'll scout and we'll evaluate the underage players and we'll already have a preliminary list yeah. coming into the season. So um, all of our regional scouts will have our, our list of players that we need to focus on. And then uh, the next part's really your relationships. Uh, the relationships that you build with uh, the general managers across the league, different support staff, different coaches, and then, you know, staying connected with all those people and really tapping into their brains, getting their opinions. And, you know, sometimes asking them, Hey, anybody standing out, anyone that we should key in on, because ultimately, um, you know, something Ryan Jankowski taught me a long time ago is that you cannot be in every arena um, on every night or on any given night. So your relationship, your network, all of those items, they're all going to play a big part into it. But uh, I think once you get to the rink, uh, I think for myself, you know, it's really changed over the years. I mean, um, I believe it's it's key to stay involved and continue to watch National Hockey League. You have to stay in tune with the NHL and what's going on there. Obviously, you have to stay in tune with your hockey club and and what the needs are for the team and and ultimately what the team looks for in players and and how uh, the coaching staff and um, and management would like the team to play. But now, so I think that's changed for me. Primarily, I started a lot on skating. Um, you know, I was a big uh, proponent of skating. You had to skate. You had to be fast in order to play fast. But, yeah. you know, I think over the years, I've learned that, you know, hockey sense, character, and compete, those are probably the three top uh, top uh, traits for a prospect and a player. So, 
Because if you can't think the game and if you're not going to compete, if you're not a good person, you don't have the right character, you're not going to be able to play in the NHL. I think if you don't have, if you're not uh, the biggest player, you're not the fastest skater, you can still find, or if your skill is slightly limited, I think you can still get to the NHL if you have those three uh, attributes or, or traits. So those are probably the three primary things I look at the most. And that you already nailed my next question because I even wrote here at one point, I, I thought Mark Stone wasn't going to make the NHL. Okay. Cause he was a bad skater per se, which is ironic because I mean, like I, I sit on the couch and I eat Doritos, but I, I, I saw him. I thought this guy cannot skate. Um, but now we don't hear that as often, right? We hear the word intelligence. We hear the word vision, anticipation. What makes a smart hockey player and why I feel like the Canadians, you would know more than I, I feel like intelligence is a huge focus right now for the prospects. You go from, you know, Jordan Harris down to Norlander. Um, we, spoke to, we spoke to Cole Caulfield, hockey nerd. So what's the value of intelligence when scouting a player? And how do you, I don't know if there's an answer, but how do you define intelligence and vision and all that, all those buzzwords? How do you actually find like a tangible value there? Yeah, again, really great, great question, Mark. I think, you know, Mark Stone's a great example. Um, you know, I think when you look at a player that has a hockey sense, the character in the computer, Mark Stone, it, it really does stem from a love of the game and a feel for the game. So, you know, I know you've uh, interviewed different individuals within our organization. They've talked about hockey sense and when you can develop it. And it really does start at the grassroots and, and having that passion, that drive for the game and that willingness, willingness to learn. And, you know, I think when you look at uh, hockey, minor hockey across the system, across the country, you know, when we talk about sports specialization and, um, you know, we talk about uh, skills and practices. And, you know, I do believe that that uh, element of um, free time and free play is really where as a player you can just discover your abilities and, and really learn that cognitive ability, that decision making ability and that intelligence um, that you require in order to to not only play in the National Hockey League, but succeed in the National Hockey League. Because when you, when you get to the National Hockey League, you, you have to fit into a team concept. You have to play with highly intelligent players and you have to play against highly intelligent competition that pre-scout you and that key in on you and try to find ways to beat you. So for me, hockey sense, it translates into uh, decision-making, making the right decisions at the right time, uh, being a team player and, um, you know, ultimately doing what it, it, what it takes in order to win uh, – you know, a Stanley cup and to win games in the playoffs. But I think, uh, you know, if you go into an arena, you look at hockey sense, you want to see how a player handles the puck. You want to see, uh, you know, what decisions does he make in the defensive zone? Is he tracking back? Is he picking up his man? Um, is he positionally sound? You know, can he play within a system? Can he play within a structure? Can he take um, instruction from his head coach and his assistant coaches? And ultimately can he adjust? You know, what, what happens if, you know, if, like if the weather changes in the middle of a game and, and your team or you need to adjust as a player, which is hockey, that's um, hockey, right? I mean, that's hockey. So it, it comes down to that uh, Mark and, and just having a real strong feel for the game. But I also feel that stems from a, a love of the game and something that that's developed at a young age. But I would say that's, those are probably my, uh, my thoughts on hockey sense and uh, yeah, definitely an, an important attribute for sure. History in the making is brought to you by Cutoffs Ball, Montreal's official team store. From lifestyle brands to jerseys and beyond, Tricolor Spall has a style for every sports fan in your life. Head to tricolorspall.com and use coupon code HISTORYCH10 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. Visit tricolorspall.com today. This isn't your first time working for the Molson family, though, right? I mean, I heard, <laughs> I heard someone told me that this isn't your first job working for the Molsons. Can you explain your first job with the Molsons? 
Yeah, really good question. I mean, you, you've done some great research <laughs> and uh, you, you must have, you must be from Orleans because not a lot of people know that, but uh, going through uh, university, I was fortunate enough, um, you know, obviously to find uh, a great uh, summer job as a student uh, rep uh, representative for Molson Coors in the Ottawa area. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really where I got my start uh, going through university, looking for a great summer job. So uh, to be honest, it's funny how things come full circle, uh, working for Mar- Marty Ballard and Wayne Hall in Ottawa and, and their team. Uh, uh, it was uh, it was a great way to not only learn the Molson way, but learn how to treat people. And uh, that's really when I saw, to be honest, um, you know, the way that I guess the Molson family operates and how they treat people and, and the values that you need to learn in order to succeed, you know, not only in hockey, but in life. So I guess to have that connection, everything come back full circle and then uh, be able to work for the Canadians and you know, when you when you're around the Montreal Canadiens family and, and you're around that organization, you definitely see, uh, you know, why it's it's one of the most successful organizations in sports and uh, why Molson Coors is uh, and Molson is one of the most uh, successful brands in the world. So uh, that that's how uh, I got my first taste, I guess. Uh, no pun intended, the Molson Literally, family. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was a great, uh, great position, great way to learn and great way to interact with people. Uh, this is a very important question, Ben. It's the most important question of the podcast. What's your favorite beer? <laughs> Molson Canadian, hundred percent. What yeah. is Jeff Molson's favorite beer? Oh, is it Molson X? You're good. You're good. I think you're going to do well here. You're going to do very well. Okay, nice, nice. It is export. Molson yeah, export. absolutely. Nice, nice. Um, we talk about character and that's something you spoke about a little bit in the intelligence. You spoke about it with the Molson Corp uh, company. You spoke about it with team Canada. How does that, obviously you're clearly taking strong values and cultures from team Canada, uh, sorry, hockey Canada and Molson. Does that, did that shape you at all in your, your approach to scouting character feels like a buzzword, but there's something to be said about it, right? There is, there is. And I think, um, you know, when, when you've, I think for myself, you know, when you've been in dressing rooms, you've been in that team environment, you've worked with staff, you know, some of the best staff in the world, in the country, when you're in those championship environments and you're in championship rooms, uh, you know, you really learn that when you're going to go through those tough moments and you're going to grind through the playoffs and ultimately, you know, for the Canadians, when we're, you know, when we're going to win the Stanley Cup or when we're battling and, and fighting for the Stanley Cup through the playoffs, you have to have the right people have character in order to go through those tough moments. And, you know, when you're in the, in those rooms and you get that feel for, and you've experienced that it's, you really get a feel for it. And, but it is tough to quantify and it's tough to see. So, you know, that's why I know, um, you know, working with Trevor and uh, the entire scouting staff, Marty LaPointe and, and everyone with uh, Montreal Canadians is we really do dig into that side of things. And uh, cause that's arguably the most important, important piece. Cause when you're, you're selecting a player at the draft, you want them to fit into your dressing room. You know, it's, it's not a, a short-term thing. You want that prospect to be a part of your organization, your family for, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years. And even after that. So no matter what, every uh, person, I would say you're selecting people, not, not hockey players. We are selecting people to be a part of your organization. That character components, uh, extremely important. That's what I've been able to learn, um, you know, through as a player throughout uh, my time in the Ontario hockey league, um, you know, throughout my time playing in youth sports. And then now, uh, my time, uh, you know, in a support staff role and a support role at Hockey Canada, you know, I've been able to be in those environments, learn from those people and, uh, you know, really get a feel for those championship and character traits. So it's, it's extremely important because, uh, you know, when we're looking at players, you know, we always say, okay, you know, what's, 
What's Carey Price going to think when this prospect or this player comes into our dressing room? What's Shea Weber going to think? What's Brendan Gallagher going to think? Oh. You know, what's, what's Jeff Petrie going to think? And, you know, all those, um, all those character traits are extremely invaluable. And, and I believe that's, uh, you know, having gone through the path I've gone through, it's given me a very good learning opportunity to, to get a real good feel and a good sense for that. What, um, speaking of, you know, working in healthy environments, obviously scouting, you guys are well supported, but now things have changed, right? Uh, first of all, did you ever do video scouting before we were you a big video scout guy or cause some guys love it. Some guys hate it. So it depends. What, what, what's your uh, take you know, on it? Yeah. Great question, Mark. I think, uh, you know, I really got my first taste. I mean, you always value video. Okay. You value any information you can get as a, as an evaluator of talent, as a scout, as a manager, as a coach. So, I mean, again, going through as a player, you know, I've been watching video now for multiple years, just in different forms. So I, I've always known the value of, of video, especially being a former defenseman. You're going in the playoffs, you're matching up against different, uh, different forwards and other teams. You, you need to study the opponents. You need to value video. And, and you, what you see in video, you'll catch things that your eyes don't necessarily see. And that's the same thing with analytics, with data. Um, you know, for tracking uh, advanced statistics and additional information, it, it all su supports what your eyes see, uh, or it doesn't support what your eyes see. That so that to me, it all yeah. factors into uh, to scouting and player evaluation. But I believe from um, you know an evaluation standpoint, I really got my first taste um, probably in 2019. We were building the Spengler Cup team, and uh, I worked closely with Sean Burke, uh, obviously, and he was scouting uh, on the pro side for the Canadians, and, and he was very busy, but. Sean was amazing. Just include me in everything from a player uh, standpoint. And, you know, we were both working on that team and we weren't able to go over to Europe, you know, to see all the Canadian players, right. That are playing overseas. So, you know, what's the only way we can see them? It's, it's on video. So, uh, you know, I know we both dug into those players, you know, we both shared names and we, we looked at the numbers and then, uh, you know, we, Sean would say, hey, take a look at these uh, names, Ben, let me know what you think. And, you know, I'd take a look at them on Insta and say, you know, yes, uh, I think this player could help us, you know, or no, this player couldn't help us. So that was really, um, you know, I got my first taste of it and, and Sean was great to include me in, uh, in all those, those elements of, uh, of assembling that team. And, uh, but no, I, I do ex extremely value video and I believe everybody now in the hockey world, uh, from a player evaluation scouting standpoint, definitely values it, especially considering the present landscape and, uh, and what's happened over the past, uh, you know, 12, 16 months. Yeah. And God only knows how it'll advance. So it's a skill to have. Now you spoke briefly there about analytics or data analysis. We don't have a ton of numbers from these, these, these young guys, and there's so many variables, but what's your approach on the whole data analysis? I know you said it's a useful tool. Do you use it regularly? Do you watch first, look at numbers after? How do you approach the subject? Yeah, you know what, Mark, I think uh, for myself, you know, I'm still learning and still growing in that area. But uh, I believe through my experiences with Hockey Canada, especially, you know, this past year with the national junior team, uh, you know, I've got my feet wet in that area. And, and if anything, I've learned the value of analytics and of data, because, again, for this team last year, you know, our entire staff, we didn't have, you know, the we, we knew a lot of the players from the program of excellence from scouting and from years past and, mm -hmm. and the work that Brad McEwen did as our former head scout with uh, Hockey Canada. But at the same time, we had to be creative and we had to find new ways to evaluate players. So uh, we built a player card. We built uh, basically an assembly of statistics and, uh, and numbers and data that we looked at and that we valued, uh, not only on the management side, but the coaching staff side as well, which is imperative because ultimately, you know, the coaching staff, they need to, we need to help find the right players that fit into what the coaching staff um, would like to see in the team and how the coaching staff would like the team to play. So we had an assortment of statistics. We had player cards where uh, we would look at different sets of data. Unfortunately, I, 
I can't share all of those numbers, but it really evaluated all aspects of a player. You know, it evaluated their defensive play, um, their offensive play, you know, special teams are playing the neutral zone. Um, obviously possession statistics and numbers, how, their decision-making with the puck, offensive zone generating plays, uh, defensive plays, um, you know, somebody like a defenseman for Caden Gooley, we look at his gap control, you know, how, how's his stick, how many plays is he breaking up, <laughs> block shots, all that stuff. So we had a player card that we had for each player. And then, um, you know, we assigned uh, different values to each number and uh, we found a way to separate each of those numbers and really paint a picture of each player and where they would fit in and how they would help Team Canada. And so uh, I'll be honest, I'm still getting my, um, I'm still learning on that side of things and uh, still getting my feet wet, but uh, plan plan to use it more heavily and and continue to use it uh, here in the near future with uh, the Canadians. What is the best tip you've received about scouting. I'm sure, listen, I go to the rinks and I see you guys chatting in the back there. Um, you know, <laughs> usually near, if there's a good coffee, it's near the good coffee machine. Um, what's the best tips you've received about scouting? I know a lot of guys share advice and, and, or, or maybe what did they tell you to avoid or what did they tell you specifically to look for? I'm sure you've received a lot of uh, probably unsolicited, but and a lot of solicited advice as well. So what have they been telling you? Definitely. I think that's another great question, Mark. I mean, you can answer that in a number of different ways. It's tough to really center in on one tip, but yeah. you know, I believe like in talking with Trevor and Shane Chirilla formerly, who's, who's now at the Florida Panthers, uh, obviously, but in talking with Trevor, you know, um, he really stresses that we need to keep an open mind on every player that we see. And, and the one thing is when you're in your own territory, in your own region, you see players continuously and you get to know them. It's easy for you to get hard uh, on players. And, and I know uh, another thing, um, that Trevor had said is focus on what a player can do. So, you know, every player has flaws, every, every player you're going to see, hey, he has deficiencies and that's not going to change whether you're a first line player, second line player, fourth line player, you know, goaltender, healthy scratch, every player is going to have deficiencies, but instead focus on a player, what he can do and what he can bring to the Montreal Canadiens. So uh, that's obviously step number one. And then obviously I'm um, keeping an open mind is extremely important. You know, um, again, these, these players, and these athletes, uh, and these people, they're teenagers. So you're going to go see an athlete or a player on one night. He may have a great night. And then the next, the next night you'll see him and he won't have a great night. But uh, it's, it's really um, ensuring that you're keeping an open mind. Um, you know, you're not being biased, that you're not being too hard on players. And you really have to look at the entire picture. You have to look at the entire book of the player and then really formulate your opinion at the end of it and then determine how they can help the Montreal Canadiens. So uh, th those are uh, a few tips I could share with you. I hope I'm not sharing all the, the tips or tricks of the trade, but again, it's, it's just knowing that, you know, the prospects we're evaluating, we're not evaluating them for the here and now, or we don't want them to play for Montreal Canadians tomorrow. We want them to play for the Montreal Canadians down the road, two, three, five years. And we want them to be Montreal Canadians for life. So it's about keeping an open mind. It's about looking at that entire book, using all the information that you can and, um, and then formulating your opinion and um, selecting the best players and the best people and the best prospects. You're, you're answering my questions ahead of time within the one, one answer. I love it because that shows foresight. And that's, that's what we want you to do with the Montreal Canadiens. Now um, here's one you, you, you have worked with the Canadians now you're full time, but you have maybe a little bit less of a biased opinion. What do you think about their prospect pool? We're hearing, Really strong on defense. Obviously, there's some talent up front, but I'd like to get your honest opinion on the Canadians' prospect pool if you had a chance to really uh, take a long look there. Yeah, really good question, Mark. I think, um, you know, when you look at the prospect pool, it's uh, it's one that's very deep. Um, you know, obviously, I believe we have depth uh, 
you know, in all areas of the prospect pool. I think we're probably strongest, you know, on on left defense with some of the defensemen that we have there, Jaden Struble, Jordan Harris, Caden Gooley, and some of the other prospects. I mean, you know, we're in definitely in a fortunate situation there. And then, you know, I think uh, to be able to have uh, a blue chip prospect like Cole Caulfield, you know, again, who I've seen throughout the pro throughout, you know, under 18s, under 17s, and, you know, now the world juniors and some of the damage he's done against international competition. You know, I, I don't think, like the prospect pool, um, you know, could not be in a better place. And again, Misak, he he was at um, he was at the World Juniors as well. And I mean, it's I think we have depth in all areas. And I think the best part is we have different types of players. So you know, I know when we're going into um, any draft that we go into, you know, Trevor, uh, Marty Lapointe, um, Malcolm Bergevin, they they focus on asset acquisition. So I know that's a big focus of Trevor. You hear you'll hear him use the word uh, asset value and. At the end of the day, you know, we're not going to any specific draft, um, drafting for any specific need. We want to pick the best players and we want to pick the best prospects. And then from there, when we build our stock and we build our cupboard and, uh, you know, it becomes a little bit more uh, plentiful, plentiful and, uh, and fruitful, which it is now, uh, then we have the assets that uh, Mark eventually is going to be able to use as a general manager uh, to help improve uh, the Canadians and make them make us, sorry, a, a Stanley Cup uh, team, which which he has done. So Again, for us, it's all about asset acquisition, uh, acquiring the best players. And, you know, some of those names, uh, you know, that I've named, and there's some other names that are now uh, in Laval and, and working mm -hmm. with our American League team and our system. It's, it's a great time for the Montreal Canadiens, and, and we have strengths in, in a lot of different areas. Can you do me? We often ask the players to do this. Can you describe your ideal player by taking skills from other players? Okay, so I need five things here. Um, do I need five things? Yes. Okay, yes, I need five things. I need vision. Your ideal, like, you know what I mean? Like, basically, like mm -hmm. the Andre Markov vision. Skating, heart, uh, the Gallagher. I mean, sorry, I don't want to give your answer. Uh, so vision, skating, heart, shot, and creativity. So what is your ideal player? Who who, who would you take the vision from? Uh, I would take probably Nick Suzuki. Really? Okay. And yes, yes. Again, having uh, work with Nick uh, within our program, you know, and if you see how he played uh, in the bubble in the NHL playoffs, to see who he's playing now. Again, that's probably his greatest strength is his hockey sense, is his ability to process the game and is his vision. It's it's his head, absolutely, along with his character. He's a great skater. He's got great hands. Uh, he's got a good shot. But I, I think with Nick, it's probably his vision and his decision-making with the puck. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that's probably who I, would, uh, who I would take that from. What about skating? And it doesn't have to be a Canadians player, but... You know, okay. we'd obviously prefer yeah. it would be, but what about <laughs> skating? And let's, let's take Connor McDavid out of the picture. So who would you take the skating from? Well, I, I think you're leading me in the right direction, but I'd probably use, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go back to one of our, our players, our prospects, and I'll use Caden Gooley. You know, I think uh, when, when you look at a player, you look at their skating ability, it's not so, so much, you know, how fast they're going, how quick they're going, but it's also how efficient uh, and how effective they're, they're being and how efficiently they're skating. So when I look at a prospect like Caden, you know, I call it stride efficiency, you know, and how elongated his stride is, how, how much, how long his glide is and how powerful he is, you know, he can play a lot of minutes in heavy situations against top opponents. And further to that, he can cover a lot of area and uh, get a lot of things accomplished due to his skating ability that other players can't. So uh, he would probably be the one player uh, I would look at for skating ability. And um and uh, yeah, I, I think it's different for every player and every prospect, every player, there's different forms of skating. You got to look at, at their legs and their body, their ankles, how, how they, uh, 
how they adjust, how they, um, you know, are they a straight line skater? Do they have a lateral game? Can they get off the tracks? Do they have quickness? Uh, how do they cross over? How do they transition? What's their transitional ability? So, so it's not, uh, are they just fast? That's, that's a little, exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. because like anybody big, fast. the other thing is, are they fast with the puck? Like it's, it's, so no, it's speed of execution speed. as a, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Because that's the Connor so, McDavid factor, right? It's yeah, not just Connor that he's fast. Mc... It's that yeah, he breaks absolutely. the game open. Yeah. Okay. So, and what I really like about Gooey before we get too off track, it's not, he skates well for dot, 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 a big guy. He skates well, full stop. I mean, this guy, people are telling me his lateral transitions, everything, you know, just the power he gives. So keep an eye on Caden Gooley. Yeah. Big guy, but skates well without the caveat of being a big guy. Now, next one, heart. Who would you take heart from? <laughs> uh, Brendan Gallagher, no question. I mean, it's easy. Everyone in Montreal knows that. Yeah. Uh, everyone in the organization. I mean, you know, you saw how emotional Mark was, uh, you know, when, when he signed Brendan to his new contract. And, I mean, you saw how he played in the bubble in the playoffs. And to me, I, I think Brendan embodies um, everything that the Montreal Canadiens are about. And, and he embodies the, the Montreal Canadiens. So, you know, and I think you see a player – who plays at his size, you know, who does everything right. You know, you talk to people, you know, uh, you talk to Ty Smith who spent time with him in the off season and people have been around him in the gym and, and, and his training, how he takes care of his body's nutrition. Everyone, the Canadians organization who's around him on a day-to-day basis is he embodies everything that Canadians are about and that's hard. And, you know, when you watch from his size, the areas he goes to on the ice, he goes to the corners, he goes down low below the goal line, he goes to the front of the net, he goes to the blue paint, he takes abuse, you know, and, and he still wants to keep going. He wants to keep playing. He just can't keep him down. So for me, it has to be Brendan Gallagher in terms of heart. And I think, you know, that's, I know that's one player that uh, everyone in the organization refers to and Trevor refers to uh, strongly in terms of his compete, his drive, his willingness to get better, but his willingness to be a great teammate as well. And, you know, we really use him as the model, but we look for in terms of that character uh, piece and that heart piece in all of our players and all of our prospects. That is perfectly said. All right, we're going to move on to shot. And we're going to stay within the Canadians here because, you know, you've been nailing it. I was giving you the option to go outside the organization, but you've been nailing it. So what's the ideal shot to you? I have a, I have a feeling I know who you're going to reference here. But uh, yeah, so who would you take their shot from? Yeah, and I'll probably reference, sorry, Mark, I'll reference to you. I mean, you're leading me in the right direction again. I would go, uh, I would say Shea Weber, obviously, from... You know, from a power standpoint, just the pure hardness of his shot. I mean, you, you watch games on a nightly basis, and there's very few players in the league, if any, that want to get in front of his shot. So it's obviously an incredible asset, and that's gotten Shea throughout his career. But, you know, I think if you look at a player like Thomas Tatar and the, and the goals that he's he scored recently in, in the first three games, and, you know, I think uh, sometimes with your shot, it's not about how hard it is. It's about how quickly you get it off and how accurate it is. Mario so, Lemieux used to always say that, like, power isn't that important, but speed of release and accuracy, so much more important, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, yes, Barry Kakinemi shoots very similar. It's, it's, it's your release point. It's how it gets off. Can the goalie read it? Can he pick it up? And for, for me with Thomas, I look at his shot and, and how, you know, accurate it is, how quick it is. And, you know, it's not only how quick... You know, how, how quick you get off. It's where you place it in the net. Do you put it in a place that the goalie goaltender can't get to or you're reading his movements and some of that's hockey sense as well, but I'd probably use those two players uh, and Jesperi as well as great examples. I love that you mentioned Jesperi Kutkinemi, but to me, and I'm saying this as a fan, I want to see him shoot a lot more. Obviously, it takes a little <laughs> bit of time, right? To, 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 to lose, or no, sorry, to gain that greediness. You don't want to defer, but Jesperi, if you're listening, take a lot more shots. We all want to see you shoot more often. You have a great shot. And finally, um, what about creativity? 
who would you pick uh, from the Canadians roster to, to really to share their creativity with everyone else on the roster? Yeah, I mean, that's great. I think I'd have to go to, you know, there's, I could say Nick Suzuki again, but I'll go yeah. to Jeff Petrie, you know, and, and how he's playing. Like everyone saw that play made against Edmonton and they call it the self-hand pass or whatever you made. And I, I mean, we, you, we would have to ask uh, Jeff, you meant to do that on purpose, but you know, of I guess he did. Just, uh, of course he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course he did. Absolutely. <laughs> right. But I, I think just to have, you know, again, the cognitive ability to make that decision and the athleticism, you know, just to, to make that play with his hand and then to catch on the other side of the net. You know, I think, uh, I think I felt that was extremely creative and, uh, you know, he's a creative defenseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's obviously he's having a strong season offensively and contributing in many, uh, ways to, uh, to our hockey club, but, you know, Nick Suzuki, again, he's, he's another player is incredibly uh, creative and it just, it's his, it's his vision, but it's his hockey sense. And it's, it's finding different ways to, to solve problems on the ice is basically what it is. Right. So in order to do that, you can't do the same thing every time every place, you know, you have to do different things. You have to be creative. You have to find different ways to, to find solutions to different problems that you'll, you'll see and you'll face on the ice. Um, so uh, I, I would use Nick as well as a great example of that. And he's an ex- extremely creative player also. Which brings us for full circle here, because we talked about intelligence to open the show. We talked about intelligence mid show and that is, yeah, Nick Suzuki has all the skills, but he has the computer to put it all together. Um, as do you, Ben, thank you so much. First of all, for answering all my questions before I even asked half of them. That was incredible. That was fantastic. Um, We're excited to see what you could do with the organization. And again, thank you so much for joining us. Merci beaucoup, Marc. Je suis très excité de travailler avec l'équipe. Et à bientôt. Merci beaucoup. Et go Habs, go. And a big thank you to Ben Chutron for joining us. A fascinating look at the scouting department, obviously. The Canadians have put a big focus on development and scouting, and I think Ben will fit in nicely with that open mind about things, um, you know, really intense. So the future of the franchise is a big part of that. Obviously, we're going to see how it goes, but uh, it's exciting to have him on board. It's always good to have a really smart guy on board, too. That's what I love speaking to intellectuals about hockey. Like, they're hockey nerds. Just like Cole Caulfield was a hockey nerd on the ice, Shutron's a hockey nerd off the ice. So thanks for joining us, Ben. As always, we'll be alternating one week here. La semaine prochaine, ça va être uh, l'histoire s'écrit. It's available wherever you get your podcast. You probably know that if you're listening to it, but don't forget to rate it. Uh, let us know exactly what you want to hear and see in future episodes. This is your podcast, so we're doing this for you. Encore une fois, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Go Habs, go. Mm-hmm.